Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things. The podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we're two anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Grab some hairspray, grab a lighter, and let's get into it. Let's Cheers. Torch this MFR. Let's do it. Cheers. I had just taken a drink when you I know. started. That's good. why I was laughing. Yeah. I was not prepared, but we, we rallied. We figured it out. Yes. Howdy. Howdy. We're back after a couple weeks off. Yes. Both of us are very tired. Yes. But we are going to do our best. We're going to do our best. If you want some fun, interesting stuff, become a Podbean patron. It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. It's the best way to support our podcast and you get access to exclusive content. It was exclusive. There was even a request made and completed. A request honored and delivered. Mm-hmm. I get to go first today. Okay. Um, I lost my glasses. Oh, great. <laughs> so I'm going to be squinting a lot. Why don't you put it, bring it closer to your face? I guess I could do that. Okay. okay. I'm, I mean, I didn't think like that. Close. I mean, still put it on the <laughs> table, but like. Okay. Don't look because I'm making my font like a hella big. A hella big. I'm you can't it... even see how to make your font here just do this with the two fingers just do you not know how to computer no i don't oh my god that's too big too big okay here too big okay okay i got it all right this is a topical topic topical topic get your ointments out i am going to talk about the abject failure of the u.s monkeypox response yeah no great yeah no great (laughs) (laughs) all the emotions (laughs) i feel the blatant disregard (laughs) let's get into it yes the world health organization the who is currently looking to rename the virus to decrease stigma stigma. they're asking for suggestions what do you think it should be renamed i don't know i think if covid was called monkeypox people would have taken it a lot more seriously (laughs) If they said people were dying by the thousands of monkeypox, the people would be really freaked out. We would have had mask adherence. Yes, 100%. I think. I think. Do you I think like the, the name monkeypox? Yeah, I don't think that's the name. I mean, yes, I think there's stigma associated, but I don't think that's the prob the bigger of the problems. No, and the reasoning is because it's stigmatizing um, as being an African virus. That's the reason they want it. And in all fairness, name. I don't know why it's named that. I'll tell you. Great. What is monkeypox? Tell me. <laughs> I'm here for this. I've missed you. I know. It's been too long. Monkeypox is a rare disease, not as rare as it was, caused by infection. <laughs> I'm so excited. Why? With the monkeypox virus. I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> I'm not excited about monkeypox. <laughs> is this one of those things that has a twist? I don't know. There is a little plot twist. All right. Monkeypox virus is part of the same family of viruses as variola virus, which is the virus that causes smallpox. Oh no, bueno. And um, anything with olea, what is it? O- variola. An o- variola. Variola virus. Mm. Monkeypox symptoms are similar to smallpox symptoms, but milder, and monkeypox has a lower fatality rate. 
um, smallpox had a 30% fatality rate. Mm. And historically, fatality rates have been between 3 and 6% for monkeypox, the higher end seen in children. Monkeypox is not related to another popular pox, the chicken pox. Just because it's a mammal. Well, just because it's a pox. Oh, yeah, the other side of that, too. Just because it's animal-related or a pox and or both animal and pox. Remember the old curse they used to say? A pox on your firstborn. You have to really specify which pox. the 1840s? Yeah. Who says that? When I grew up. Say that one more time for me. A pox on your firstborn. Have you given this curse to no, someone No, I have personally? not. I have neither given it nor received it. All right. Just check. Did you have chicken pox, though? I've gotten chicken pox three times. What? I know. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Hmm. But I did. And I have little subset scarring from it. And, mm-hmm. then, and a very embarrassing photo of me naked in a bathtub covered in that the white stuff. The cal- calamine lotion? Yeah like little polka dots all over my entire body Mm, yeah yeah i had it when i was 13 which is on the older end yeah my i I don't think i was very younger unpleasant yeah i'm i'm very for anyone that should be anti-vax it'd be me but i'm not but having it three times having my vaccines and my stupid school system lost my records twice and forced me to get all those basic immunizations again. Oh, no thanks. Yeah, right? You know, I'm a half anti-vaxxer. One then done. That's what I always say, except for then all the ones that I have to do again. Or none and done, in my case. (laughs) Monkeypox is not new. It was discovered in 1958 when two outbreaks of a pox-like disease occurred in a colony of monkeys that were kept for research. Okay, so that was one of my questions was, are monkeys actually involved? So that's why it was named monkeypox, but the Mm -hmm. actual source of the disease is unknown. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's almost how all of these start off, where then they point at an animal, like all the the culling of all of the what minks, weasel minks things hamsters? for COVID. No, I think there was a hamster culling. Well, there was a hamster culling, but there was also it was in a different country where they killed like over three thousand something or mm, more. Yeah, the first human case of monkeypox was recorded in 1970. In our current 2022 outbreak. The first U.S. case was reported on May 17th. Hmm. So a little less than... A little Taurus pox. A little less than three months ago. The WHO had declared monkeypox a global health emergency on July 23rd. Um, Just for the record, today is August 14th. And I just want to say, like, I saw these news articles coming out, and it definitely, they weren't the top articles. And there's this air of like, how seriously should I take this? And then, and then it it just started feeling feeling bigger, but not getting more media attention, from what I've seen. San Francisco declared a health emergency on July 28th. The whole state of California followed on August 1st. The U.S. declared monkeypox a national health emergency. On August 4th, which was 10 days ago. 
So let's go back in time a little bit. My favorite thing. Here is an article from the Washington Post from June 10th. Biden administration officials Friday warned that the U.S. monkeypox outbreak has worsened with at least 45 cases of the viral illness identified in 15 states, up from 20 cases a week ago. But they stress that the risk to the public remains low and that public health agencies have the tools necessary to protect people. Quote, we have tests for monkeypox, we have vaccines for monkeypox, and we have treatments for monkeypox, unquote. Raj Punjabi, who leads the White House global health security efforts, said in a briefing. Yeah, I remember reading that and it did. It just gave off this air of like, it's fine. He said, we have a multi-pronged approach to deploy Ooh. those tools to <laughs> ensure we're fighting this outbreak as effectively as possible. More than 1,300 cases of monkeypox have been detected around the globe as the disease, which has repeatedly emerged in Central and West Africa in recent decades, but rarely spread among humans, appears to be gaining a foothold in countries including Germany, Portugal, and the United Kingdom. The current episode is likely to become the worst ever monkeypox outbreak recorded in the United States, surpassing a 2003 outbreak in which 47 cases were confirmed or detected. But public health experts have stressed that monkeypox presents far less risk than the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, my sense is that this isn't going to be anything like what we've seen with COVID. The general public does not need to get too worried about it at this point. <laughs> my senses. <laughs> Said Don Milton, University of Maryland, environmental scientists we'll circle back sir who has advised the white house and others on combating the coronavirus i just don't like it when people in general tell me how to feel about something while federal <laughs> regulators have not approved scientific treatments for monkeypox officials said that treatments and vaccines prepared to fight smallpox are available through the strategic national stockpile Okay. The Strategic National Stockpile holds enough vaccine, remember this, to vaccinate millions of Americans if needed. This is a quote Great. from Don O'Connell, Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response at the Department of Health and Human Services. But wasn't like the big thing with COVID was not about, I mean, yes, we didn't have a vaccine for a while, but then it was distribution was a huge barrier and we haven't even hit that. I mean, yeah. You just wait, Missy. Okay, I can't wait. I'm this, I'm all in because this has been a news article that's just been <laughs> under the surface that I like want to yell at, but like it's nobody's talking about it. Like really, we're talking about it, and so let's do this. <laughs> so this Don O'Connell, Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, which I think is a badass job title. She said officials had more than 100 million doses of an older smallpox vaccine, ACAM 2000, and about 72,000 doses of a newer smallpox vaccine that was also approved for monkeypox, Geneos, in inventory. So in the Strategic National Stockpile Inventory. So that's the end of that June 10th mm -hmm. article. Um, seems like we have nothing to worry about. Are you going to talk about like what that, like what smallpox is? 
Like really, like how it impacts the body. You mean monkeypox? What did I say? Smallpox. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. I have questions. So I- that was two months ago. That article. It seems like oh well, we have plenty of vaccines. It could rain vaccines. Great. We're we're all good. This people, national strategic stockpile. Thank goodness the nowadays. government is taking care of us. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to worry about. Not like, not like some people would take it. But. So how many cases were there then? Um, at that time. Mm-hmm. That wasn't 45 cases. 45. Okay. Case counts as of two days ago, which is the most recent data I could get. As of August 12th, San Francisco has 546 monkeypox cases. Los Angeles has 797. California as a whole has 1,945. There are cases in every U.S. state. The state with the highest numbers is New York with 2,295. The U.S. as a whole has 11,177 cases altogether. What? That wasn't my last news article. (laughs) The whole world has 31,799 cases. That means the U.S. has has over one-third of the total cases worldwide. How could that be, you ask? I thought we had the national strategic stockpile. I thought it was rain vaccines. I thought we had tests. I thought we had vaccines. I thought we had treatments galore. What happened? Because I mean... We'll find out. Okay. (laughs) Because 11,000, not a good number, but definitely that's less than the millions of vaccines. It's less. It's good math. Thanks. You asked about monkeypox symptoms. Let's get into it. Yeah, I've been curious. People with monkeypox get a rash that may be located on or near the genitals or anus. Oh, that's making more sense now. Okay. AKA butthole. The CDC has made that defined. Excuse me. They said anus and then parentheses they put butthole. Okay, I just can we stop? So <laughs> in case you're not sure what an anus is. But that's like but why is butthole the choice? Yeah. I'm not sure. Butthole. I like, mean, what's another alternative to anus? Besides butthole. It's your anus or now I can't think of anything but butthole. I can't think of anything but butthole. <laughs> I'm Google help me. <laughs> Google synonyms for anus. Here it goes. Synonyms. <laughs> The rash can also be on or, other areas. Oh, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So that makes make sense. Okay. An orifice. Hmm. Bunghole. Oh, yeah. Muscular sphincter ani. Oh, sphincter. Yeah. Yeah. The sphincter. Porta. Not heard of that one. Arse. Oh. <laughs> An arsehole. Got it. Asshole. There we go. Okay. That, yeah. Sphincter, ain't I? Can we talk? Rectum. 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 I, Old see, rectum. I feel like rectum would make more sense than butthole. Than butthole. Just as far as like, I don't know, to sound professional. Im- it, there's two more. Imperfor- imperforate anus. Okay. Mm. And then an opening. <laughs> Just an opening. Just an opening. One of many. So it could have said anus, rear opening, or, oh, the back door. They could have just said the back door and we'd all understand. Back door. 
So the rash can also be on hands, feet, chest, face, mouth. Mm. The rash will go through several stages, including blistering and scabs before healing. And the rash may leave scarring, like we talked about with chickenpox. It can, the rash can initially look like pimples or blisters and may be painful or itchy. See, and this is why I think COVID didn't get as much attention. And I'm like, if these would have been flip, flippy dude. Like monkeypox came first. Yeah, if monkeypox, because right now everyone is fatigued AF about hearing about anything and they don't want to. I get it. They don't want it to exist. But initially, if COVID had blisters on your face and your hands and that person sitting next to you on the plane that didn't have their mask on had blisters all over their body, you would feel a different kind of way about it, I think. Like more concern? Yeah. Like, ooh, I don't I don't want my face to be blistered and I don't want my opening to have wounds. My back door. My back door to have right. holes. I mean, I think oh, because there isn't a high fatality rate is part of why we haven't seen the concern but, but this is still debilitating yeah i was gonna say and one when we start talking about it's kids, personal kids and, and infants it's debilitating. always tend to be impacted and I, like i've i've read that like a kid can die of something like that like a kid could die of herpes a baby right fatality rates yeah. are higher in cases with kids but we still need to be concerned about who's being impacted we which i'm gonna dive into great we just need to target people's complete lack of let's just be humans just ego their intense ego and go after their face and say this is what your social instagram is going to look like like the smoking commercials mm. anti-smoking commercials other symptoms of monkeypox are flu-like mm. and can include fever chills swollen lymph nodes yeah like you don't feel fatigue well. muscle aches back aches headache and respiratory symptoms sore throat, nasal congestion, and cough. So people may only experience a few of the symptoms or can experience all. Some people have the flu-like symptoms before the rash. Some people just get the rash, then have the other symptoms, or some people just get the rash. Hmm. Monkeypox symptoms usually start within three weeks of exposure to the virus. So you may, you may have been exposed yeah. and infected and then you don't f figure it out until three weeks yeah, later. That's rough. So um, if someone has the flu-like symptoms, they'll usually develop the rash within a few days after that. Mm -hmm. Monkeypox can be spread from the time symptoms start until the rash is healed. And then all stabs, scabs have fallen off and a fresh layer of skin formed. So that period can last two to four weeks where you're yeah, contagious yeah. and you have to quarantine um so uh, it could be up to a month that somebody has to isolate which That's consider the impact to your job yeah. your relationships and again we just went through something similar having people quarantine and we we know that isolation is psychologically damaging, damaging. in and of itself and yeah. just even not be moving around because you can't like leave your house you and I want to say that this that info there that I just read um, was from the CDC, but I, I looked at a lot of different sources because I did not want to just draw from CDC. And some other sources said that scientists are actually still researching whether people are only contagious while they're symptomatic or if they could possibly 
pass it on during that incubation period. So AKA, they don't know that we for don't sure. Know shit right. <laughs> about most things. I mean, the Biden administration, did you know early on they told people to wear masks to prevent monkeypox, but then they walked it back super quick? I'm so, I mean, that does not surprise me at all. And I'm, this is, I'm really upset because this is where politics get in. I hate that politics get involved with medical anything because the messaging has been watered down in a very politicalized climate, but people are getting sick. Much has been said about monkeypox being different from COVID. It's not as easily transmitted due to not being aerosolized, though there is evidence that it can be transmitted through large droplets, like if somebody sneezes or coughs, yeah, Yeah. really close to you. And also because the risk of death is is rare. But monkeypox is no walk in the park. It can be physically, emotionally, and spiritually devastating. And why, why is there a comparison? They're not even like the same thing. Like correlation it, does not prove causation. I think it's like, to de- decrease panic, but maybe is it an should, accurate message? Like I just yeah, want accuracy. Yeah. And like, maybe people should be a little worried. Maybe we should be able to make our own decisions. Maybe that's exactly it. Give me the information and let me make my own fucking decision. Yeah. Stop. Water it down, put it where I can see Don't decide it. what I can handle or can't handle. Yeah, like if you, if I see you, top official, wearing a fucking mask and then you tell other people not to, like, <laughs> screw you. Yeah, just <laughs> give me the facts. Let me figure it out. I'll make my choice. I'm an adult. So people can experience excruciating headaches, excruciating. Lymph nodes so swollen, they have been described as frog-like. <gasps> Wait, frog-like? you know big that's swollen when i got my my covid booster and my under armpit lymph node was swollen it was like frog-like i didn't have that descriptor before but now i do so thank you thank you pain so bad some have had to call mental health support lines lesions (laughs) around the mouth can make it really difficult to eat Mm -hmm. there can be intense rectal pain and rectal bleeding and when you have to poop it has been described as feeling like shitting glass or shitting needles or having a light bulb explode in your ass. Up your arse. Up your butthole. I'm surprised cornhole wasn't on there. I don't know. People have been... Is it because cornhole's a game now? I didn't know. It's been a a game for a long time. I just think Beavis and Butthead. Me too. Cornholio. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. What does he say? I need okay. TP for my bunghole. <laughs> Ma'am Cornholio. Ma'am Cornholio. <laughs> Sorry, there was Oh, Beavis and Butthead. My, my shirt didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah, my shirt didn't Yours work. Yours actually was starting to work and I was getting excited. <laughs> okay. Are we... No, we're not. We're not crude enough. I was going to say, are we modern day Beavis and Butthead? And no, I would like to be, but I have to hold back and forge. People have been limiting <laughs> food intake so they don't have to poop so often. Mm, yeah. And also people have been losing weight because it's difficult to eat because of the lesions around the mouth. Mm. Information on how to treat the illness after it is contracted is sparse and has led to individuals supporting and helping one another by sharing their life, their experiences and tips and tricks to manage the pain and isolation. That's like with the long COVID. I know several people who are having such a hard time finding guidance on what to do with long COVID symptoms. And it's like all going to like 
social support groups of here's what's helping me because there just isn't there information just isn't any yeah. helpful information yeah okay hmm. how does monkeypox spread monkeypox can spread to anyone through close personal often skin-to-skin contact mm-hmm. um this little bit is from the cdc a pregnant person can spread the virus to their fetus through the placenta it's also possible for people to get monkeypox from infected animals mm-hmm. either by being scratched or bitten by the animal or by preparing or eating meat or using products from an infected animal scientists are still researching if the virus can be spread when someone has no symptoms so this is one of a few places where i find different information in different sources and i i search vast sources of information and some are like nope can't spread it unless you have the symptoms and then you know this site said well they're still researching it scientists are also researching how often monkeypox is spread through respiratory secretions or when a person with monkeypox symptoms might be more likely to spread the virus through respiratory secretions. So maybe someplace in the cycle, mm-hmm. they're, they're more contagious than others. And just to, like to speak about research really quick. So someone saying that it's not possible, they could be citing a specific study with even a small population of people and say, you know, and then, but that makes you think that means everybody. So the people saying that research is continuing means that there is no conclusive evidence, which probably means there aren't large enough populations to know for sure-ish. Right. And people just started researching this yeah. in the last couple of months. So there hasn't been any longitudinal yeah, studies. Grain of salt with people say that they're certain it's probably about a specific study. Scientists are still looking into whether monkeypox can be spread through semen, vaginal fluids, urine, or feces. So that is still on the table. Um, And this next bit is from sanfrancisco.gov. Condoms during sex are an important way to protect yourself and others from HIV and other STIs like gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. We do not know yet whether condoms reduce the risk of getting or giving someone else monkeypox during sex. Yeah, it just depends on trans because like just because you have a condom on doesn't mean there isn't skin to skin contact. Because if it's up in the groinal area and it's spread by sweat secretion, you're you're gonna get monkeypox. Crotchpox. That could be the new name. Crotchpox. You on your face. Ooh. <laughs> While we learn more about how the monkeypox virus is spread, sf.gov wants everyone to know that monkeypox can be spread during any close physical contact, including sex or by face-to-face coughing or sneezing, kissing, licking, skin-to-skin rubbing. We've had, I've had my podcast topic about kissing and kissing is gross, so. Or sharing of sex toys, bedding, towels, clothing, or utensils, among other ways. And can I just say, I think my decision to fold the roller derby league at the end of 2019 was prophetic. Pro-fucking-phetic. Dude, I had a roller derby dream last night. Can you imagine can I with t- monkeypox rubbing the skins? Coach, can I tell you my roller derby dream? Sure. It was normally I have like, well, I guess it was kind of an anxiety dream, but like I joined a rec league, like just a, like for fun 
thing. And I was like, can I wear my jersey? And they were like, what's your name? And I said, Womb Punch. And they said, no, you're going to have to change your name. And guess who was on the rec league with Ooh. me? Valdeth. Oh, Valdeth. Yeah. Death, death. And it was all me being like, I don't know if I can, like, I feel like I'm going to learn some bad habits because of the like poor practices, like how bad these practices are. And that was like my whole thing. And I woke up and like, I want to hit people. You miss hitting people. I do. Let's find a way for you to get that out of your system. But I can't now because people are gross. (laughs) (laughs) They were gross before too, just in all fairness. They've always been gross. People have always been gross. We're just becoming more aware of it I'm generally gross too, so don't worry. CDC recommends vaccination for people who have been exposed to monkeypox and people who may be more likely to get monkeypox. People more likely to get monkeypox include people who have been identified by public health officials as a contact of someone with monkeypox, people who are aware that one of their sexual partners in the past two weeks has been diagnosed with monkeypox, people who have had multiple sexual partners in the past two weeks in an area with known monkeypox. It does not spread by casual conversation or walking by someone with monkeypox in a grocery store. It's bits from sf.gov. You need to have prolonged physical contact or sharing bedding or clothing with someone who has a virus. So that that bits to reduce fear. Like, uh, you know, we yeah. don't need to make it's people feel toilet thing. horrible like, about can themselves. I, can I sit on the toilet and not get AIDS? Yeah. Person. <laughs> like... Just get your facts straight. It's a little different than that. Although anyone can contract monkeypox, the virus is overwhelmingly impacting men and transgender people who have sex with men. And I've heard about this, but, and I have to say, I really like how you presented this because every article I've read has led with that. And I don't like it. Not saying that is not true. I was intentional in the ordering. I know. I just, I mean, I didn't know, but I... (laughs) (laughs) but in the articles i've read that's like the first sentence or two and what does that do it it makes a lot of people tune out it feels very because a lot of people be like and for whatever reason are like oh well this doesn't apply to me i don't want to know anything about this and And that's not the way it should be and it furthers stigma against um marginalized groups of people who they say oh it's those people have these problems these sexual right. problems it further because of, because of increases their, stigma and discrimination because of satan <laughs> so I, I appreciate your order so there's a weekly report on the cdc website titled the morbidity and mortality weekly report oh i know oh great from the most recent one sounds right up our alley among U.S. monkeypox cases with available data, 99% occurred in men, 94% of whom reported recent male-to-male sexual or close intimate contact. Racial and ethnic minority groups appear to be disproportionately affected. So we saw that with COVID. We're mm-hmm. seeing it again. Mm-hmm. Clinical presentations differed from typical monkeypox with fewer persons experiencing that like flu-like stuff. Mm-hmm. And more experiencing genital rashes. So this is important information yeah. that is not in the mainstream media mm-hmm. at all. Mm-mm. You have to dig. It's not on the 
front CDC page. Like, I had to dig for this. Public health efforts, so this is still from that CDC report. Public health efforts to slow monkeypox transmission among gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men require addressing challenges that include homophobia, stigma, and discrimination. Yes. And say that first. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> well, yeah. And so some of my sources called out transgender people as being in the high-risk group. Some sources just say men who have sex with men. I, I think that the more accurate is saying better. Mm-hmm. gay, bisexual men and transgender people who have sex with men seems to be more the accurate um, way to describe who is being affected right now. Although the largest proportion of cases have occurred in white persons, Black and Hispanic persons who represent approximately 34% of the general population accounted for 54% of monkeypox cases, so Uh overrepresented. Mm -hmm. Further, the proportion of cases among Black persons has increased during the past few weeks. So Mm -hmm. the CDC does say ensuring equity and approaches to monkeypox testing, treatment, and prevention is critical. Well, and education, too, like getting the right information out there so people can make informed decisions. And right now it's just a a colossal ball of confusion. So I wanted to dig a little further into this overrepresentation of Black individuals in the data. And I found that in North Carolina, Black men are getting 70% of monkeypox cases and only 24% of vaccines. Mm. And in Georgia, it's even more dramatic. Out of the 466 cases that for which the state has racial data, 82% were Black patients. So even though the CDC says ensuring equity and approaches to testing, treatment, and prevention is critical, this is not happening. And there's long-standing historical issues of um, fear of health care um mm-hmm. and justified as i say mistrust of yeah from specifically being targeted and historically so abused and, yeah exactly so instead of you know they're just not saying that <laughs> yeah. like why don't you say that why don't you say that yeah. say that and say here's how we're going to try to help anyways we have to do more because we've hurt more <laughs> instead of just saying equitable no, you don't get to do the same amount for no. Caucasian middle-aged women. You, like, you can't have no. it just intent. You have to have the impact that you want. You have to do more. Do more. Do more. <sighs> Sorry. No, I get me all riled up. I, my topic. I was actually been looking forward to today because I really, I've been bothered, and I'm glad that. You know, I'm we have this platform this to be able to speak about things and hopefully spread things around the world. I have a hard time doing topical things because I feel really heated. So I try to pick something that feels a little distant. I, I choose. It depends on what it is. It, it, I won't, if it's something, something where I just don't feel like it's respectful to do it yet, I will wait on those. Yeah. But I feel like this, like to wait, does nobody any justice. No, I, I the time is now. I'm glad you chose chose this. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. You don't have to thank me. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank me. you because you're doing more. <laughs> doing something, hopefully. Doing more than most. 
current findings indicate that community our fault if people don't listen to us. <laughs> subscribe and follow <laughs> current findings indicate that community transmission of monkeypox is widespread and is disproportionately affecting the population i mentioned gay bisexual and transgender people who have sex with men and this is consistent with the data reported in other countries except interestingly not africa I, don't, I didn't dive into why that was. But scientists don't know why. Scientists do not know why this community, this group is the one that is being almost overwhelmingly, what did I say, 99% which uh, is, affected. Yeah, which is really sad that it's hitting this population so hard or these populations so hard. Um, but we should figure that out. <laughs> so... If you look at a lot of mainstream um, media sources out there, it will say very quickly, it'll lead with like how Macy said that it's affecting this population. And then it'll say very quickly and definitively that this is not a sexually transmitted illness. And I think it's, you know, it's because if that label's applied, it's yeah. going to make people feel ashamed to seek treatment. Yes, which we don't want. But however, we also want accurate information out there so people can protect themselves and so others. What are and that's I guess the what are they defining as sexually transmissible? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. Great. <laughs> I love latest. <laughs> In June it was announced researchers had detected viral DNA in the semen of a handful of monkeypox patients in Italy and Germany including a lab-tested sample that suggested the virus found in the semen of a single patient was capable of infecting another person and replicating. Okay, so it is sexually transmissible. Some research indicates I mean, that okay, may be but, the case. But in the, like... <laughs> Are you outraged? Because I'm outraged. No, yeah, I mean, it happened. <laughs> so because it happened means it can happen it's not yes. oh we've seen no cases where this has happened so it's not a right. sexually transmissible disease let's let people be prepared with all the knowledge that it could exactly. and it has before even if give me the small percentage i don't care but tell me it's happened that's exactly my thing like give arm people with knowledge i think there's so much irresponsible journalism it's all about getting the clicks and getting the hits and there's there's no accountability. It's just completely irresponsible. Several studies have found. Shall we label this podcast? <laughs> Monkeypox is a sexually transmitted. Disease. Oh God, no! I, I'm not. I'm just. All I right, said there all was right, all right, all right, all right. a lab okay. tested sample. If you are a Podbean listener, <laughs> you may know that's a, a again a sample of research. Had it happen. It was a sample of research. So grain of salt that, I said that earlier, grain of salt. But but let's not write it off. Yeah, I mean. Let's not say it's definitive. They're making it sound like it's never happened and it's not a transmissible sexual disease. Therefore, you shouldn't be worried about it during sex. But well, you Well, it's giving people false should. information, which I don't <laughs> believe in. I belong to the religion of truth. Alethea, forever. Alethea. <laughs> Several I'm studies. I'm still emotionally damaged by the fact that you have like some really good sayings on the podcast and I can't think of anything. That's okay. I, I'm a, 
I just talk. Just work harder. I'm here and I talk. No. Several studies have found, so this is several studies. Several. Have found that DNA from the monkeypox virus is present in a person's semen for weeks after they become infected. One study also isolated infectious virus from a single individual semen six days after their symptoms appeared. If it lasts this long in semen, think how long the truth will last. Is that a good sound bite? That's great. Right, right, right there. there. Okay. It is confusing <laughs> that we are told, this is, this is Naomi talking here. Okay. That w- the primary way monkeypox is spreading is through sex. But the mainstream news outlets report monkeypox is definitely not a sexually transmitted illness. That is very confusing Don't to Naomi. Don't be talking about rectums, buttholes, and cornholios if you then say, but it's about. I am all for sex positivity. I do not support slut shaming. But people no. need accurate information so they can make the best decisions to support their health and the health of others. We need to focus on science and facts. Knowledge is power. Well, and that makes me think of the whole HIV AIDS crisis, like literally a crisis and stemmed from a ton of misinformation and stigma lasted way longer than necessary. And then like once people were educated, informed so and many treated. Died. Yeah. And so many people have died. I have a friend die of AIDS. Really? Yeah. That's so sad. So like to me, it's just... Yes, it minimizes harm for the for the non I'm trying to think here for any minority population. <laughs> but everybody else what is just gonna get harmed because of they don't have all the information. Health experts reiterate we should so this is let's get back to the all main right. message. Health experts for most from most health experts. Health experts reiterate we should focus on the most common mode of transmission which at this time is known to be prolonged skin-to-skin contact, specifically contact with skin lesions. But that could be the groin. That could be penis. That could be vagina. So whether monkeypox is sexually transmitted in absolute terms, so this is the definition of an STI, okay. yes, yes, passed from one person to another through uh-huh. blood, semen, semen, or other bodily like fluids saliva. during sex is still unclear but has happened well they they've had those those studies yeah so it's not we don't have so it's volumes of research well it's it's not unclear it's happened we just don't have enough research to let like to say definitively Yes. yes yes so we don't know if monkeypox is sexually transmitted in absolute terms so i think journal outlets that are saying it's not an STI because they are trying to decrease stigma. If it's not true, it's not helpful. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's the people need to get off the bandwagon of like being okay. So I just came back from a trip from Iowa. (laughs) I call Iowa nice. Um, People are not that fragile. Give people the the truth. There's no reason to just sugarcoat things that don't need to be sugarcoated. If it needs to happen, if it needs to be said, it needs to be done. Period. It's not helpful. It's not. And that's not a statement about all Iowans. It is just a... a No, we don't want to... Poor generalization. We don't want to speak negatively about any group of people. (laughs) I just did spend a lot of time in Iowa, though. 
and they are very nice people but often sugarcoat a lot of things and you know it no I've, I've never been to Iowa I don't know anything about Iowa well, they're very nice but it's it's very nice and I don't even know where Iowa it's is a lot about, uh, from what my experience is a lot about like appearances and being friendly and and but sometimes sometimes you just can't sometimes you can't I kept saying I'm from Washington I'm from Washington that doesn't happen here so even if the virus can be sexually transmitted it's unclear how large of a role this mode of transmission has compared with simply being in close, prolonged skin to skin contact yeah. or inhaling their large respiratory particles, which can also occur during mm -hmm. sex. Yeah. Yeah. If other studies find infectious virus in semen, understanding how long it can persist in that bodily fluid will be important. And so scientists note that viruses such as Ebola can persist in semen for months, if not years after infection, which has really complicated efforts to, to prevent outbreaks. So I not only looked at like the CDC guidance, I went over to the UK, as I often do to get news. The UK Health Security Agency is advising the precaution of using condoms for 12 weeks after a confirmed diagnosis of monkeypox. Ah, fuck. <laughs> I couldn't find that anywhere on the CDC. Damn it. So Damn it. inconsistency CDC. in guidelines just creates chaos and confusion, mistrust. It diminishes confidence. It diminishes compliance. Yes. When I saw that, I was like, seriously? That's I, 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 I went back to the CDC website. I looked again just to be sure. And I didn't find anything like that. I mean, 12 it, weeks. They upped it. They had originally about a month ago said eight weeks. They upped it to 12 weeks. Which means it's worse. It's probably worse than that. So it means yeah. there's, they're taking this unclear area seriously to protect which, people which i would rather have like air and again let people then decide with that knowledge what yes, to do exactly and say then, here's the recommendation i'm going to choose to follow it or not but at least i have information to be able to make that decision but how can you let people not know and make a choice that they didn't know could it's harm really them? frustrating mm. public health officials have not been able to explain, oh, I mentioned this, why this outbreak has affected mostly gay, bisexual, and transgender people. And this has led many to draw parallels with how the gay community felt when, um, how they felt abandoned during the AIDS crisis in yes. the 70s and 80s. So Jeffrey Galay, who hosts an online support group for those impacted by monkeypox, said, there's a lot of layered issues that have come up that are very heavy. You have people who have lived through AIDS suffering from PTSD, people that are mm -hmm. in extended isolation for 25 to 30 days, people dealing with stigma from their community. They don't need more stigma. Some have said the current vaccine shortage wouldn't exist if women and children were the ones getting monkeypox. See, yes, I agree. I agree. If it was on... The faces, like when I flew back into our town recently, um, and I was the only one wearing a mask on the plane. <laughs> I was, and they all looked at me. But whatever, if they all had monkeypox on their faces, 
it'd be different. They would start caring a whole lot more. Yeah, you can't just care about your own. You need to be a part of the community of humans and care about everybody. Don't be selfish. I mean, be selfish, but not at the harm of other people. <laughs> so, so the first cases of U.S. children getting monkeypox was announced by the CDC on July 22nd. Mm. I mean, it's just a matter of time. You know what happened the next day? Did they die? No. Oh. The next day, the WHO announced the global health emergency. Oh, fuck off. Coincidence? Perhaps. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot this No, this... Episode. I guess mm, I do that. This is... No, it's wrong. It's, it's going to make... Wrong. It brings it, out the passion. Like, I mean, I get it. I, I Nobody wants children to die. That's horrible. They didn't die. Upset. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> just assume. I just... just spreading false information left and right on this podcast. Babies are dying. <laughs> they are not dying. <laughs> if that's what it takes. I don't know. So just kidding. I didn't say that. Okay. So. <laughs> Macy likes babies. I don't really. I just, I'm Unless coming behind mine. you cleaning it up. I Unless feel like it's... the White House press secretary cleaning up after Trump. <laughs> Unless it's mine, but I don't have any. So whatever. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Probably not important. Carry on. Some hate-filled straight cis individuals have stated they aren't worried about monkeypox because it doesn't have anything to do with them. Mm. Some have said those getting <laughs> monkeypox deserve it and are being punished for their sinful no. behavior. Damn it, I knew it. I knew it was going to get there. You guys, you guys are so predictable. I watched some horrible. I can't. I can't. Uh, interviews of people and they were just spewing just ignorance and hate. My tolerance line is so low right now. I will horrible. probably go off on somebody. I will. So we want to avoid stigmatizing or shaming people for their sexuality, because obviously. Sex, you know what I almost did a topic about? Right. And it may be a future thing, but I'm just, have you seen Sex Rooms on Netflix? No, I have not. It's good. And like, I love how in such a good way, it promotes sexual positivity for like kinks and things you just enjoy and like promoting that instead of like shaming it to the bedroom and you can't talk about it. So I'm sure it's, it's banned. a good thing certain states <laughs> it's okay i just want to say super popular in uh iowa right now because we talked about oh okay i'm just saying like, go iowa i think a lot of people when they admit to themselves and are allowed to not feel judged for it guess what you like sex you do Dad, this topic listen. is so close to home i can't really talk about it i read my <laughs> book which i will never publish i'll read it oh i got it can i read it well, I got inspired last night at that concert because, oh, you got to listen to our pre-funk. Sorry. I went to, to a, I went to a concert last night and the yeah. singer and was singing text. about a lot of like personal stuff. And I felt very inspired and I thought maybe that's a way to have my book content be shared. Maybe I go to an open mic night and read one page each week. Mm, I like it. Yeah. I, I like thought it. about that. Yeah. Okay. I kind of thought you like wanted to start like another like, sort of all, all girl punk band with me, and no. all of my childhood reminiscence would come to be, and I'd have something to do with my drum set again. Sorry, it's fine. It doesn't fit in my car anyway. <laughs> I have the Paula's looking for a still. drummer. <laughs> Everyone's always looking for a drummer. There's not enough. I told him I'd be his drummer, but I have to play one single steel drum only. <laughs> no, the steel drum that like 
Jamaican sound. Oh. That's my favorite drum sound. <laughs> okay. We want to remain sex positive. He said no, obviously, right? I don't know. I think this was deep in the night last night. <laughs> you won't remember a thing. <laughs> so all that, we want to avoid stigmatizing or shaming people for their sexuality. We want to remain sex positive. And we also want to prevent the spread of monkeypox. So a balanced approach is necessary to stop the spread. Yes. Let's talk about the vaccine. Okay. Remember back when I, when I talked about earlier, that national strategic mm-hmm. stockpile with millions. Millions, millions and then millions. 75,000. Millions. So if you've been exposed to monkeypox or if you're at risk, you should seek out a vaccine. That's Great. the direction. Great. The preferred vaccine to protect against monkeypox is Genios. I think I said there was 72,000 doses mm-hmm. in the stockpile. I think. Something there. So this is meant to be a two-dose vaccine. So similar to like Moderna or Pfizer. Yeah. You're supposed to take the second dose 14 days after the first dose. Okay. Um, and that allows the immune protection to give you the maximum. I like getting the maximum. From sf.gov. To date, we have received approximately 23,000 doses from the federal stockpile. San Francisco Department of Public Health requested 35,000 doses to begin to meet the need. This unfortunately means that someone may be eligible for a vaccine, but unable to receive it immediately due to a lack of vaccine supply from the state and federal, federal governments. No, 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 no. No, you said that wasn't going to happen and that you were so prepared and that we shouldn't worry. Yeah. And why do people mistrust the government? It's this kind of bullshit. This is this is current. That one article was from June 10th. This is current from SF.gov as of yesterday. And I mean, I'm irate. I am an avid vaxxer. Naomi is. I'm a half vaxxer. She's a half vaxxer. This is her topic. I'm not even. This isn't even my soapbox. This is just a genuinely concerned person who typically raises an eyebrow. So, well, WTF? My whole thing is, if people want a vaccine, they should have a fucking vaccine available to them. I'm the one that like. I don't care. Give me the. (laughs) Give me the vaccine. I don't. I don't even know what it is. I'll take it. So SF.gov <laughs> agrees with me. The goal is for everyone who wants a vaccine to receive a vaccine. Yes. Yes. Those in the high risk groups have been encouraged to get the vaccine. However, this has not been easy. Demand has been higher than supply. And there are elaborate systems and strategies to navigate. <gasps> so when this first started, you know, creating concern, you needed to actually know someone who could give you the links to find the secret locations oh, where limited it. amounts of vaccines no. would be available. I am not kidding. No. So, okay. My, I am not. I wish I was jesting. My this is real. whole dissertation was on gender, non-conforming and transgender persons' experiences with getting access to a mental health assessment and the immense barriers for them just to get help for mental health was ridiculous and the fact that i mean that's the problem is that if there's so many hoops to jump through you lose people people fall through the cracks and it's not fair or people just give up because well, it's and, too hard and low like and low then are out social- there getting infected or infecting others and people from like uh who are low income like maybe can't drive there 
And if there's no easily accessible way for them to get it, they're not going to get the vaccine. So like, how are you meeting the community needs? Yep. And and that situation I was talking about, that was just like less than two weeks ago. So there, like if you could get to the location where this limited amount of vaccines would be available, you would have to stand in long outdoor lines. You'd have to deal with frustration. So I follow a drag queen named Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. (laughs) And he described his experience about how he got the secret link because he had the connection and went there and stood in line, like put on the sunscreen, was prepared. And after an hour, finally got to the front and was turned away at an LA clinic. Um, when he when he finally got up to the front of the line, he was asked to prove his eligibility, to prove that he was at risk because mm-hmm. they're only giving it to those that are at the highest risk. So was he on PrEP, which is an HIV prophylactic drug? Mm-hmm. Did he receive this certain text message to say, come mm-hmm. get a vaccine? Did he have a doctor's note? He he was there, he was at risk, he's in the population, and he was turned away. He shared on his podcast that, yes, he had a little tantrum in front of everybody, but justified. Um, well, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to then go to an urgent care, had to have someone there sign a document to say he was in the group, eligible for that vaccine, and had to go back and you know driving in la is no picnic no and it's hot this is probably a whole day it's very hot in la (laughs) well and i just want to say this is where privilege and anyone who says privilege doesn't exist bite me and this is a famous drag queen i know i know like if it's that hard for him yes imagine for just the regs and i've i've made comments before when i got boosters um that not one person asked me to verify that I was in that grouping. Right. Why? Why? Yeah. So this is there happening. is privilege that that is that happens and it it slaps other people in the face. And so Alaska said it really shouldn't be this fucking difficult. No. There should be enough vaccine for everyone. Totally well, and, agree. And that's like, if there's enough vaccines, then why are you, remember, you questioning people? Do you remember back to what the White House said in June? 75,000 millions. Millions. No problem. We can just. Don't worry. We can just drive a plane over your city, drop vaccines and tests and treatments. Ooh. It'll be raining tears. It's like all the, the new strands. Don't worry. It's it's fine that this is rapidly evolving in months for what other other like polio takes decades, if not lifetimes to evolve. And yet COVID has taken months. Let that just sit there. But they won't say that out loud. No. So that was the first thing. Then in a strategy to get more people vaccinated and to stretch limited supplies further about a week ago or a little more. Individuals were, to- were told they could receive one dose and their second dose would be TBD. But that, but that doesn't, that's not how it works. So that way, at least more people could have some protection. So that was I mean, the strategy. Yeah, but. This is the government strategy. I want our, our the gov. most effective that we have that you promised me 
a month ago. You want to know what the current strategy is? No. You're, you're gonna shit yourself. I'm so upset already. You're gonna shit me at all. Wait, wait, wait. Anyone like Alkaline Trio, like a dog shit and razor blades? That's not that good. Sorry, go ahead. Now the strategy is to co- cut one single dose by fifths and give it to five people. Fuck you. That's what they're doing. I sh- no. shit you not. I shit you not. That is the what... because it's painful. It's too painful. No, wow. to make it stretch further. No, I know. I meant you said you said to shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they're injecting it intradermally, uh, which is between very thin skin layers, which takes a lot of talent, apparently, from what I read, to do. It's very difficult. If you do it too shallow, the vaccine will just come out of the skin and not give you enough protection. If you do it too deep, you're getting limited protection as well. Um so changing the method means less vaccine is needed and five times per, more people can get some. Come and get some. The vaccine makers, however, have expressed concern about this strategy. No shit, no shit. They're like, uh, that's not really what we researched and uh, recommend. We recommended two doses. Full doses. Well, can you 14 days apart. How many how much people were freaking out about, oh, it's only 97% effective for COVID, or it's only 92 now. And like they're okay, what does cutting it by fifth do? And do you want to publicly put that on a billboard? Put that on a billboard. The percentage that you're cutting the effectiveness specifically for marginalized communities. Do that. Do that for us, please. So we can see. <laughs> this is in the news, actually. That this is the Biden administration's most recent strategy to get vaccines in the arms of people. I also would like to hear about my student loans. Extremely high risk. I'd also like to hear about my student loans. This is more important. I will say that. But like pushing that. To you. Yeah. To me. Yes. This is. Well, no, this is more important. Oh, oh, monkeypox is more important. No, I'm saying. Not her student loans. No, my student loans are important, but not more important than monkeypox. I don't like that. I have three weeks notice. That's stupid. That is stupid. <laughs> Most people get well from monkeypox without needing any medicines or, or other treatment. There is no medicine that the FDA has approved for monkeypox infection treatment. Which what is sort of true, but also not true. Because we have T-pox. T-pox is considered... An investigational drug Sounds to like treat rapper, though. monkeypox. Yes, <laughs> so it's considered investigational because it's been shown to be infective in animals, but it's been considered unethical to test on humans. So there is a treatment, but good luck getting it. <laughs> right now, San Francisco on their website they say they have a few. Pox pills available. A few. That means three. Couple means two. A few means three. So they're they have- really meant for like the most serious cases. They're gonna do my favorite thing, like for housing. They're gonna do a lottery. Do you remember back in, in that June 10th article? They said we have treatment galore. Millions. San Francisco. And they have a white cat on their lap with their pinky up to the a few millions. Pills. <laughs> a few pills. A few T pox pills. And if you want to get it, guess what? Too bad. 
there's a 27 page form that a doctor needs to fill out with detailed no. patient information. No, no, they didn't make anybody do that for COVID. They just like made it happen. So physicians who want to prescribe TPOX must first sign up to become <laughs> investigators in a clinical trial. I know doctors and they don't sign up for things. They, they, Barely manage their computers. So since it's considered an investigational drug, the doctors have to sign up to be investigators in the clinical trial. Oh my they gosh. have to send in resumes. They have to send, They have to create informed consent forms that the monkeypox patients will sign. So this process is labor intensive and virtually impossible for most doctors. Why? Says Linda D., Are we... the executive director of AIDS Action Baltimore, who knows what they're talking about. Why are we making it harder for people to be healthy? Exactly. Ms. D. said, if this wasn't such a dire emergency, it would make a very good bureaucratic joke. Unfortunately, the joke is once again on the gay community. Unquote. So as you said, we need to find a way to gather data. That's important but in a way that doesn't create barriers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's go back in time again. May 23rd, 2022. A news item from NBC by Evan Bush and Aria Bendix. When COVID-19 struck, humanity faced an out-of-control outbreak without vaccines or therapies. The level of preparedness for monkeypox couldn't be more different. The U.S. keeps two vaccines for smallpox approved by the FDA in the strategic national stockpile. We found this on Google. Which was created as part of a 9-11 enhanced fear of bioterrorism. There was a lot of concern after the anthrax attacks in 2000, and it was understood the USSR was trying to weaponize smallpox. So are they just going to share share that? The monkeypox virus is similar enough that researchers expect both shots to offer protection, although only one called Genios has been FDA approved to use against monkeypox. It's hard enough to get people to take the vaccines for COVID if they weren't FDA approved. Like, come on. So officials from the CDC said Monday, this is back in May 23rd, that more than enough Doses of Genios are stockpiled and can be distributed to those who have been in contact with infected people. And also, in total, the government has more than 100 million doses million. of another smallpox vaccine called ACAM 2000. In addition, the FDA has approved two therapeutics to treat like a smallpox. Cologne. cologne. APAX. And Timbexa. A rapper name. The FDA said the national stockpile includes T-pox doses. So a few. I, so this is <laughs> this is part of why, at the beginning, everybody's like, eh. in the mainstream, like we're fine. The government will take care of us. Since the turn of the millennium, the U.S. government has spent more than one billion dollars to develop and stockpile the Genio smallpox vaccine. The government may has more than 1 million doses of Genios liquid frozen at the strategic national stockpile. So they have it. Or stored in our facility in Europe, said Paul Chaplin, the president and CEO of Bavarian Nordic, the Bavarian, Bavarian, Danish company that manufactures the vaccine. 
more than one million doses of Genios. Okay. Frozen. And? and? Such vast quantities of the vaccine could have slowed the spread of monkeypox. I just love how you said vaccine. Vaccine after it first emerged in the U.S. in mid-May. Plot twist. Hmm. Instead, the strategic national stockpile had only about 2,400 usable doses left at that point. From what? Enough to vaccinate only 1,000 people. Where did they go? What happened to the rest of the doses, you asked? I do. The rest of the doses had expired. Oh, my God. Flip the table. Walk out of the room. Go fuck yourself. Really? Can you believe that? So they just let it expire without filling it up again. Mm. One of the reasons for the reduction in the U.S. stockpile of Junios is that federal officials who were overseeing it had not viewed monkeypox as much of a problem. Okay, okay, but I'm just saying, whose job is it? (laughs) Somebody. Who's fired now? Not me. To go through our emergency stockpile in case we ever get screwed over as a nation to make sure they're not expired. Because it seems like if I have to go through my my uh, pantry once a year to make sure I'm not eating beans that are going to give me, what's it called? Hearts? No. Oh. Well, I mean, maybe. But like, what's the, where you open a can, you put it in the fridge and you get, it was your topic. Oh, botulism. Yeah. So, like, why? 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 I mean, these they, they, they get they get paid. Who's not checking labels? I, I mean, like that one AIDS director in Baltimore said, if it Farm. wasn't harming the gay community, it would be funny. It would yeah. be really, like, funny. Wow, we had a million and... Then we're down to a thousand. It would be comical if it weren't specifically targeting a specific community who is already marginalized and targeted on so many different levels that just honestly doesn't need to deal with this fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit is what it is. Yes. According. So the. So the company, I think, just had to like super rush and were able to somehow like come up with 72,000 like nationwide that were spread out I mean, and that's, that's why there has been but not meeting the need that's no. why people are turned away because and... they lied yeah. you know what it's called when you're wrong and you tell people <laughs> about it lying so to sum it up according to health officials the cdc and others monkeypox is a mild disease usually not fatal that largely consists of sores that can spread all over the body. It's like having herpes all over your body. Like, nobody wants that. And a fever. No. However, sores all over your body can be extremely painful, make it difficult to sleep, difficult to eat. You can feel like someone exploded a light bulb you in your feel like a butt pariah. hole. And the pain can be scorching and unbearable. And that T-pox, a drug that can help battle the virus, is frustratingly impossible to get. And, and this knowledge comes from accounts from queer men who have or have had the disease. Um, the community is very resilient and have been 
having to circle the wagons and take care of themselves as the government really seems to have failed them. Again. Before our U.S. Pride events in June, the government knew we had monkeypox. We knew it had been spreading in Europe. We knew it was primarily affecting men who have sex with men. Um, That's the more limited definition. The government did not act with urgency and took a wait-and-see approach. Joe Osmondson, a microbiologist at NYU, talked about monkeypox virus as, quote, coming after gay sluts. It's almost personal to me. I had so many plans for a slutty summer, and that's not happening. Oh, I can't. Gay sex is a fact of life. Gay sex exists on planet Earth. You'll never change that whether you want to or not. It exists gay sex will always exist gay sex doesn't drive anything it's like the sun in the sky or the tide going in and out sex isn't bad people so an epidemic spread through gay sexual networks we want to be very precise about Mm -hmm. that language and also to be clear that sex is a normal and healthy behavior Mm -hmm. our goal in biomedicine should be in giving people all the tools that they need to make the best decisions and in this case have sex with the lowest risk possible In this case, the drivers of the epidemic are the structures globally that have led to vaccines, tests, and treatment all existing for a virus and yet being almost entirely inaccessible. We cannot change the fact that gay sex exists, but we can change the fact that the Genios vaccine is not globally available, and we can change the fact that T-pox is largely inaccessible. I say yes, Joel Osmondson, microbiologist at NXU. Hallelujah. WHO has warned people not to attack monkeys during the monkeypox outbreak. Yeah, be nice to monkeys. All right. That's it. Okay. I mean, that's That's where things stand. Well, I feel like all my gusto has been. (laughs) Gusto? I've given my gusto. You've given your gusto. (laughs) Okay. So I picked a topic. Ooh, it's hot in here. I know, and this is going to make Do you want worse. an ice pack? Uh, I feel like it's too late. Okay, let's just sweat. Let's just sweat it out. Sweat it out. Sweat it out. It's derby. It's derby right here. It's practice. I needed this. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to... Okay, so I feel like okay. in the past months, <laughs> mostly, but for a while now, uh, I haven't been able to be very authentically myself because there's been a big thing i haven't been able to talk about or felt like i haven't been able to talk yes, about and i've respected that and i know like very, okay don't go there don't go there you've been very respectful macy does not um, want to talk about that and and i decided today probably poorly <laughs> decision now at this point I, okay it's fine it's fine it's fine um to talk about something that's specifically been impacting me fairly recently and something that's impacted me historically as well. And I want to talk about it because I want to shed light on it. I do think it's very well, important. Well, I think there's strength and vulnerability. I agree. And I agree because I think this is a side that's not talked about as much and we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, and it's often minimized. And I'm someone who's been personally impacted. So I'm not going to go in and share like excruciating details. I'm not going to make it about me, but I will share some examples just so you know, like from someone who's been in it. Yeah, Uh, because it sucks. So I'm going to talk about gaslighting today and hoovering. I haven't heard that second term. I know. I found it in in my own research. Closer to the mic. Yeah, you you kind of. I was lounging. 
I was like, my five topics done. I'm going to chill, but no, I need to still. I need your engagement. I'm engaged. Because I can't even tell you how, like, hard it was for me to even do this topic, which is odd. We talk about a lot of things. And I've had it come up, but it feels too vulnerable. Like you said, it feels too close. There's a lot of, I fear a lot of judgment about this. A lot of, um, which I have received in some ways from various people. So it's hard but I feel like because it's hard and I'm I feel like I'm in a little different place than I've been where I can talk about it I so, love that gross for you thanks it sucks it sucks so much <laughs> uh if you want to hear more become a Padre only a dollar okay a dollar <laughs> okay so gaslighting is something that I ended up having to look up because I started feeling like this was something that was happening to me. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, it has become more a commonly used term. So I, I had heard of it before, but didn't really fully know like what is, what isn't. And I, I went, um, this part is just from Wikipedia because I really like how simple it is. So first of all, gaslighting only actually came from a movie 19 in 1944 a film called gaslight that was popular in the mid like 2010s is when the the term became popular but it wasn't even called gaslighting in the movie but that's where it came from Mm. so that's what occurred in the movie yes character yes so this term is loosely defined as making someone question their own reality yes and i it's such a simple but true it's so true um the term is also used to describe a person or a gaslighter who presents a false narrative to another group or person leading them to doubt their perceptions and become misled disoriented or distressed and oftentimes this is done for the gaslighter's own benefit normally this dynamic is possible only when the audience is vulnerable um, if there's unequal power relationships or if there's a fearful loss associated with it. So it's often tied to relationships and gaslighting is not necessarily malicious, which is, I have heard myself say that out loud mm. before about specific people. Again, this has happened twice in my life. So like, I don't think they're trying to hurt me, but it's it just- is. Learned patterns of behavior, perhaps. Yes, which is what makes it different from... So a lot of people in the psychology realm kind of give it... Um, like, it's overused. Mm. Because it is a it is a learned pattern of behavior often formed from different types of attachment over time. Mm. So it came from that title, um, from that 1944 film, in which a husband uses trickery to convince his wife that she's mentally unwell so he can steal from her. This title refers to the gaslight illumination of the house, which seems to waver whenever the husband leaves his wife alone at home. Mm -hmm. And like, this just hit me in a way that I can't even explain as someone who's experienced this because it, when you're separated, it's things become clearer that Mm self-doubt becomes say things for what they are not initially (laughs) and i would say depending on how i feel (laughs) yes um but that's there are i would say there are very distinct periods when clarity happens Mm -hmm. and what i think people don't understand when they're not in it 
is because uh, most people are aware of like domestic violence where there's physical abuse happening where right, there's like right. cycles um, when there isn't physical abuse happening emotional abuse such as gaslighting has similar cycles and it is just as powerful um, because they're you know what's your problem yeah it's not like I hit you yeah literally yeah. something I've been told uh, so makes me want to hit somebody <laughs> I mean not really but which is it's, just the fe- feeling the feeling it's a not, feeling well not an action and that's the thing is like I feel like a lot of people who are in this position get labeled in a certain way so that's where the stigma comes from of like you're you're weak or you're not like maybe very insightful you're making a big deal about nothing big deal about nothing why don't you just leave but um and this is why this was vulnerable for me to come out with because I don't view myself that way I have a doctorate I have a master's degree I own my own business I I do a lot I've played roller derby I've hit people for fun (laughs) Like people don't typically say that I'm a weak person. <laughs> I actually don't think I've ever heard that. But that almost makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like the stigma of that makes it that much worse to talk about it. Right. Because Be- you don't want people to have a different view of you, perhaps. Yeah. Or they just assume that I should be able to handle this right. on my own. Well, it's not that easy. No. <laughs> That's why I've, you know, always just like tried to like just be there you by your side like i get it like if it was that easy you would have done whatever and honestly i can say that and that's i've there's some additional research that i did that talked about and i was fascinated by this because gaslighting was specifically brought up historically in relationships and therapy oh which a therapist gaslight somebody well and it was talking about psycho um like psychoanalytic models where it's like i'm the expert oh and it was talking about how therapists can often gaslight their clients and i was like holy crap i'm sure they can yeah the power differential right yeah i've seen it's a lot of bad therapy out there right so it was actually fascinating doing the research on it because it just as a counselor i was like Oh, yeah, I can see how that can happen. Mm, Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So according to the American Psychological Association, it once referred to manipulation so extreme as to induce mental illness or justify commitment of the gaslighted person to a psychiatric institution. It's now used more generally. And I can tell you from my own experiences and both of the cases that I've experienced is I have literally felt like I have like have told myself I am going crazy. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. again, I'm someone in the mental health world. It has made me feel like self-harming. It has made me have suicidal thoughts. It has made me just not want to try because it's so frustrating. Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. I don't often have feels on this podcast. I would hug you, but I don't want the monkey pox. I don't want to pox you. Okay, so... (laughs) i'm giving you in a spiritual hug i I don't need i don't even like hugging it's fine no it's spiritual i don't how about this it's weird i feel do i have to like do it because you're doing it no i'm doing it wet hand um yeah it just means that i'm i'm feeling your feels in my heart okay i don't even remember what i said um and it's gone um okay so anyways it's something that 
can make you really feel like you don't have support, like you're not connected to reality. You really sincerely doubt yourself. Well, and- I think it takes away your solid footing. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels awful. It's scary. Yeah, it's really it's scary. scary. And I've had um uh in in my first scenario where this happened, a lot of it happened or and actually both scenarios involve substance use of some kind. But the first one, it was just blatant, like that didn't happen. And the commitment to that was so believable. And I'm like, I actually feel that I'm a very nice person. So I really believe in the like I the benefit. Right, you're trusting Which, this person downfall. as you should, though. <laughs> downfall, but but if you're in a relationship, with somebody you, you should, should trust, trust them. them. Yeah, and that's being used against you. Yes, yes, very strategically, um, to the point where I remember at one point of just like, actually, have you ever heard the comment like, "I'm so angry or so stressed that I want to rip my own hair out"? That oh yeah, comment. yeah, yeah. Because I've heard that comment too, and once in my life in the past. I actually felt that and was like, oh my gosh, like I get it. And it's scary to get that because when you read this definition of like being committed, part of it is on the the person who is gaslighting, you know, trying to maximize like it's a you problem. Yeah. Maximize their power. Yeah. And then on the other side though, is like, it is actually causing psychological harm. Yes. And if somebody's actually pulling their hair out like especially in the old days like that could be enough for a husband Mm -hmm. to commit their wife absolutely yeah like look they're crazy so it has become more popular the term so it's actually been um the american dialect society recognized the word gaslight as quote the most useful new word of 2016 interesting which was interesting yeah and then Oxford University Press named gaslighting as a runner-up on their list of most popular new words in 2018. Wow. So, so it's on the rise. Mm-hmm, of at least, I think, maybe insight into the patterns and maybe some general overuse That's of it scary. as well. Okay, so gaslighting is... It's typically identified as a marital syndrome in 1988 is when what that was ew i don't like that term me neither so it includes (laughs) clinical observations on the impact of wives after their reactions were their own reactions were mislabeled by their husbands and male therapists so it was both of them being oh they're getting up on the poor lady so they would have the lady come into a therapy session and have the husband and the therapist mislabel how they're feeling no thank you no fucking thank you so, don't tell me how i feel <laughs> no i hate that or don't tell me how i don't feel right right so is it mostly like males on females with gaslighting um i'm gonna say so most of the research angles that direction i'm not gonna say either i i think that I, relationships I mean, i'm sure it goes any direction so but, diverse, but but it seems like the way historically power differentials have gone yes, yes. it's been that way yes and it has more to do with i think the there's multiple things we're good okay okay, okay so <laughs> And this is where I started getting mad at therapists in this time. Let's get mad at them. In a case study published by 1970 in 1977, London Gardner reviewed a case of a, of this is their words, not mind of a paranoid psychosis in an elderly female who was reported to have recurrent episodes 
apparently induced by the staff of the institution where the patient was a resident. Other experts have noted values and techniques of the therapist were actually harmful to the clients. Mm. Um, so the approaches used potentially impacting periods of what they would call psychosis of like feeling disconnected, feeling like it's not reality because their own experience is being so invalidated. I think being invalidated is the worst feeling that I can feel. I know. And I'm like, we don't like talk people in general don't talk about that that piece but when you're when you're not validated by somebody it feels awful it feels awful and it you, feels you like you're not... struggling to even exist yes yes and then you think about in a relationship when that pattern starts happening um it can make it very hard to leave because you are now in the, you you don't know fully what's real because you're in it and you can't leave it in theory. And you've made, been made to feel so small. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I remember from my first experience of it was um, like me constantly having to fact find, which would be used against me later as like I'm like snooping or I'm like trying to find something wrong. You don't trust me. You don't. Yeah. When in reality, like, okay, but there's always something I find. Yeah. yeah. So like you're doing wrong things and then gaslighting the shit out of me after. Right. So, but then it, it creates this pattern of, I need to prove my own feelings because you're not validating them. And I need to prove that something about my feelings is true. Right. You're trying to give it some solidity. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do? No. unless <laughs> yeah, It ends up, you feel like vapor. I feel like vapor. That's a great. That's Been great. there. Been there. Okay. So in philosophy, um, this if we think about gaslighting, it's really comes from individuals who can't tolerate disagreement with or criticism that from worldviews outside of their own. Mm-hmm. So especially from friends, loved ones, romantic partners. So an effective way to neutralize the possibility of criticism is to undermine the other's conception of themselves as an autonomous locus of thought, judgment, and action. Exactly. This effectively reduces the target's capacity to criticize or respond independently. One of my least favorite attacks is an argument that happens and then then will come, well, what did I say? <laughs> and I remember early on <laughs> being like, like trying to remember, but like we're angry. We're like in the middle of an argument. Your prefrontal cortex is shut off at that point. And I am a conflict avoider, which means this is like really high stress for me. And I just want to avoid, 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 but I can't. But you're a pro at this and like you're better, like you're better in conflict than I am. Those learned patterns of behavior. And then and then when I can't think of the exact wording, you say, see that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't say that. And, and it's, it's such a distraction. That's the whole reason that this whole conversation happened. But it's just a sidestep. It's a sidestep that really makes you question yeah. everything. Everything. And it literally does um, when you're in it all the time. Because you're like, well, is it just me? And then you yeah. start to blame yourself. Well, when I was married, yes, I'm going to call out my ex real quick. That's, 
<laughs> I mean, that's what's happening right now. So good. Like the go-to that would make me feel invalidated a lot was it's fine. Like I would bring up something really big. Like it would take me a lot to work up just mm-hmm. bringing it to the table. Yes. Because I knew it was going to be like yes. a thing. And it'd be like, that, that would be my response that I would get. It's fine. It's like, well, it's not fine. Yes. Like I'm upset. And like that, my upsetness had no place to be. Mm-mm. And so then I think that's that whole feeling of vapor. It's like, well, where where does this go? It would take me. I have no container. Months. And like, I would have to like, so I'd sit on something, sit, 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 sit on it. And then something would explode eventually. And then it would be, I'm the one acting, you know, look at you acting in such a way versus yes but you haven't addressed this thing that I've like been very nice about up until this point yeah yeah and now it's not a thing which again invalidating somebody's experiences and values exactly which is the worst feeling the worst so gaslighting typically involves two partners so maybe that's a better way instead of male female just two partners um the gaslighter who persistently puts forth a false narrative and the gaslighted who struggles to maintain their individual autonomy and i like again that wording struggles to maintain like it feels like it's all the time it's taking away your personhood Mm -hmm. and part of this too is keeping you away from healthy relationships or like you didn't talk to so-and-so about that, did you? You know, like trying to keep some of that reality away, mm-hmm. which feels really gross. They want to keep you isolated. So it's usually only effective when there's an unequal power dynamic or when the gaslighter has given the gaslighter their respect. Mm. So that's where, so it's either power dynamic or maybe you need them for some, maybe like something like You've that. You've let them in for whatever reason. Yes, yes. Or you respect them, which could just be that you're a kind person and you do care about them. It could just be that simple. Mm -hmm. So it's different from genuine relationship disagreements. It's distinct because one partner is consistently listening and considering the other partner's perspective. And I think that's key. Key. One partner is consistently negating the other person's perception and insisting they're wrong or telling them that their emotional reaction is irrational or dysfunctional. Gaslighting typically occurs over a long period of time and is not just like a one-off. Over time, the listening partner may exhibit symptoms of, um, sorry, over time, the listening partner, so the one that's being gaslighted, Mm -hmm. may exhibit symptoms like anxiety disorders, depression, and low self-esteem. Well, yeah, you're going to spiral. It's going to happen. Yeah. And you may be labeled as a generally unhappy person at that point. And then you have to read that and reassess about what that right. actually and then, is. Yes. Then okay. it's like, oh, that's what you're bringing to the relationship. You're unhappy person, you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so close. Gaslighting <laughs> differs from genuine. Okay. Anyways. um, So it also differs because one person is manipulating the perceptions of the other. So there is an actual intent to change the person's perspective. Um, Again, it doesn't mean that it has to be like intentionally harmful, 
but they are intentionally trying to change your perspective. So yeah. like, I'm trying to get you to see why you're the one at fault. Yes. I think the gaslighter has to always be changing the narrative, changing the situation so that they're the one that is in the right. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. Because of their own vulnerabilities. Again, it's hard to be vulnerable. It really is. It's hard, but you don't grow otherwise. So the motivations for gaslighting, it's a way to control the moment, stop conflict and ease anxiety and feel in control. So again, when I was mentioning like these people in my life that I've known, like it seems to be when they're in the most control Mm -hmm. and which makes me feel in the least control. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a very, like, I want to be in control. <laughs> so all of a sudden when that table flips, it feels terrible. It's scary. It's so, I mean, that's just the best word I can say because it's so panic inducing. Oh, look at the little bird on your, oh, it's gone. All right. Sorry. Here's a little bird. He said hi. It often deflects responsibilities and tears down the other person. Some gaslight their partners by denying that events ever happened including personal violence. So this is where domestic violence comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, It could also be things like um, minimizing how their words have impact by then saying, you know, I could, you know, I, at least I don't hit you or at least this, at least that, um, which isn't actual direct violence, but it's making a, it's, it's not addressing the issue. No, it's not addressing the issue. And like, I don't think it's a direct threat of violence, but it is, it's intimidating to hear that because you're like, okay, and? Yeah, you're like, well, I I don't want it to come to that. What are you saying? That's a low bar. Yeah. I should be rating you by what you are doing well. Again, it's a sidestep from what you're trying to help make them Yes, it's all avoidance of whatever that thing you're talking about. All of a sudden, that's not the conversation anymore. Yeah, now we're talking about something that's much, much worse. Why would you even talk about this other thing? Yes, you're trying to ruin something. So this is a learned behavior, and this is where when gaslighting gets used over too much, it waters it down for people actually experiencing this. So I think it's good to talk about it, but also know that um, it is a learned behavior over time, a type of social learning. Because it works. Yeah, they witness it, they experience it, they see that it works, and both for self-regulation of themselves and to regulate other people. So They may have experienced things growing up in their own environment where they had to regulate things and that's what worked. Um, Doesn't mean it'll keep working, but that's what they know. And it's probably largely unconscious. It's not like someone's like, I'm going to gaslight this person. It's just those learned patterns of behavior of what works to help them feel better. (laughs) Which the less that they're able to do that, the more distressed they become. Yes. Um, And a lot, many studies have shown that gaslighting is more prevalent in couples where one or both partners have maladaptive personality traits. Mm -hmm. Um, Things like short-term depression, uh, short-term mental illness like depression, substance use, mood disorders like bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders, and personality disorders. Um. Or any combination of those, as well as neurodevelopmental disorders. So they're prone to and adept at convincing others to doubt their own perceptions. So the concept of habituation is that when things happen over time, you become accustomed and you learn that pattern 
of that pattern mm-hmm. of approach, which when you're in a relationship, that's the perfect example of how habituation can happen. So it can be difficult to pull yourself from a gaslighting power dynamic. Um, those who gaslight may attain greater emotional awareness and self-regulation because they're very used to this. Mm-hmm. They're the calm ones in that conversation. Um which can feel very frustrating yes. when you're the the recipient and you're upset and you just want that want person to, to acknowledge that and they're just like eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other women as well as have had it kind of presented as a threat to me that like if police were called in any sort of thing that the woman um, who is more or whoever may be more emotional will be more of the target of police than would the person. Oh my God, would they be considered quote unquote hysterical? I knew someone who went through, she was a counselor and was pinned to the ground because she had kicked her boyfriend out, had stuff on the lawn and because she was emotional and crying and he had physically abused her. But because that's what the police walked into, they had her held down onto the ground while he was calmly there talking to the police. Yeah, and being like, look how crazy she yeah, is look at her yeah look mm-hmm. i'm the one in the right which then just furthers that process of it's not okay to show my emotions and it's not okay to feel this way right it's, th- it's a threat to mm-hmm. everybody including myself so those being gaslighted must learn that they don't need others to validate their reality which is hard and they need to gain self-reliance and confidence in defining their own reality well i think you have to gain separation I mean, there's there's that's, no other way. And that's the thing. You have to get out of there. But that's not easy. But that's the only way where you're like, oh, my gosh, like now I'm feeling more like myself. Mm-hmm. And that's where going back to that, the movie, like the original movie where like when he would leave, like the light would kind of like the power would go down. So and interesting. It is very interesting. I want to watch that movie now. I know. So do I. I haven't seen it and I want to see it now. So it's more effective if they have a position of power. And if we think of what power is, that can mean a lot of different things. So it could even be, um, I mean, yes, it could be financially, it could be status, it could be physical, their size, how they present to you. It could be threatening, threatening you in different ways. Yeah, it could be controlling who you spend time with, mm-hmm. your activities. Mm-hmm. So gaslighting, um, or sorry, in the 2008 book, State of Confusion, Political Manipulation and the Assault on the American Mind, the authors contend that the prevalence of gaslighting in American politics began with the age of modern communications. Oh my gosh, is our topics linked? Yeah. To say gaslighting was- Everything's fine. Vaccines for all. Oh my gosh. 100 million It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Don't tell me it's fucking fine to say <laughs> to say gaslighting was. So this is what they said to say gaslighting was starting by. Started, oh no, it says not enough storage space oh, on your phone. It's okay. That's okay. So to say that gaslighting was started by any extent, like of a group, is simply wrong. It also misses an important point. Gaslighting comes directly from blending modern communications, marketing, and advertising with longstanding propaganda. They were simply waiting to be discovered by those with sufficient ambition and psychological makeup to use them. So, like, it's not, it's, it's like the perfect storm 
that can happen and it happens in government as well. So it's often used to describe behavior of politicians and media personalities. Um, so some of the examples, gaslighting has been used to describe Russia's global relations. While Russians mm -hmm. operatives were active in Crimea in 2017, Russian officials continually denied their presence and manipulated the distrust of political groups in their favor. American journalists widely use the word gaslighting to describe the actions of Donald Trump during the 2016 U.S. Pre presidential elections. Um, colonist Maureen uh, Dowd described Bill Clinton administration's use of the technique in subjecting Newt Gingrich to small indignities intending to provoke him to make a public complaint mm. th that made him come off as hysterical in 1995. Oh, that word. I know. Comedian Jimmy Dore used gaslighting to describe why uh, the squad did not vote as block on Medicare for all. I don't know who that is. I don't know either. So it's used I'm sure well, it's a very important person. And what this just shows is it's a tool. It's a tool that people use. It's a it's manipulation. Yes. You're creating your own narrative. You're controlling the situation. Okay. So that's, let's just say the generals of gaslighting and can cause a lot of psychological damage. Again, literally originating from the fact of women being, um, put in inpatient settings for mental health for just being regular for being regular for not just being... experiencing their feels and trying to express themselves mm -hmm. and or men wanting to control that or retaliating against that control at some mm -hmm. point and not being deemed as irregular Okay, so in my journey I then found this concept hoovering What is hoovering? So this okay this article here um, actually labels it as emotional blackmail that makes gaslighting look like child's play. Oh no, it's worse. It's, I would say that like from what I've experienced, um, I didn't experience this in my first relationship with this, but I did experience it in my second. So I don't think it means that they both exist, but they can together. Okay. Okay. So let's give an example. I'm going to make it the same. You and your fiance just got in the car after another um, disastrous evening with friends. Like always, he had too many drinks and began to act a fool. And also by you too, while you were there, from his sexual innuendos about your best friend's low cut dress to telling everyone your mother's a piece of work. One thing's clear, you deserve better. So you finally say it, I can't do this anymore. Okay. Hmm. So at first, he's apologetic. He admits he crossed the line, begs for a second chance. I promise next time will be different. Let me prove it to you. So you decide to give him a second or fifth, hmm. tenth chance. But then three weeks later, same position again. So this hits home to me on so many levels of this almost like rubber banding back of like, how the hell did I, how, how am I back in the same exact position as before? again like why has no progress been made yes you said you would change clearly no changes have happened uh so wanting out of the relationship but not knowing how to leave at this point this is the concept of hoovering so hoovering is an emotional form of manipulation that like a vacuum sucks someone back mm -hmm. into a relationship it's a behavior that's specific to narcissistic personality disorders um so we so People who talk about this 
share that people who have a narcissistic, it could just be tendencies to, not necessarily a diagnosis, who use emotional manipulation to lure their partner back into a toxic relationship. The term comes from the concept of a Hoover vacuum, mm-hmm. where, Got it. where a narcissist sucks you back in, will suck up the happiness from their previous partner in order to get them to come back, said Dr. Elizabeth Frederick, a licensed psychologist specializing in relationships and trauma. Usually, this behavior comes on the heels of a separation. One partner attempts to remove themselves from the mm. relationship, while the other does everything to get back power and control. So they're doing all their very best all the stuff that you're probably attracted to initially yes when they're showing their bright side Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hiding their shadow side they're doing all the things pulling out all the stops and it's about control which is not sustainable gaslighting right it's not sustainable no so it's hoovering behaviors are meant to pull the previous partner back so they can go back to feeling a sense of control and have that boosted ego in theory, hoovering is a last-ditch effort, typically, for someone who with a distorted worldview um, to regain that control. In reality, it's a mass manipulation tactic that, if successful, leaves the other person feeling trapped, confused, and unable to see the situation clearly. So you can see how this overlaps with gaslighting. And then you just doubt yourself. You're like, yeah, what am I not a strong person? Mm-hmm. I cannot, can I not think independently and like, do my own thing why am i back in this relationship so while anyone can technically do hoovering behaviors it tends to be more generally specific to narcissistic relationships what's important to note here is that there's a very large numbers of individuals who have tendencies but don't have the diagnosis so really anyone can engage in this Um, it's a very dysfunctional behavior though because it's very damaging so Case Kenny, relationship expert and host of New Mindset Who Dis podcast, hmm. tells us someone who knows their partner is trying to leave and knows how to manipulate them will pull anything out of their toolbox that can tug mm-hmm. at their partner's heartstrings. On one hand, and this again hits so home, this can be gift giving or love bombing, the I miss you's those sorts of little drops Mm -hmm. Um, even after saying horrible things and then I miss you or you looked pretty today Mm. after saying terrible things to you Mm -hmm. hoovering can manifest in psychological forms such as blackmail that's that like create doubt and insecurity so if you're married or you dated for a long time the longevity of a relationship is something that's going to be thrown around a lot like I've been here for so long or Mm. I traveled this far Plus, if there's kids, that's like a whole nother level where guilt mm. gets associated with breaking up the family. Um, but this can happen with pets, too. <laughs> uh, you're going to really separate the pets. Right, right. It's all meant to m- make the other person feel guilty and not go through with what their instinct, Wanting. what their gut is telling them. Which is, is where, the right thing to do. And that's where I think where people who are trying to help are a little... Most people, not you, you've been great, um, (laughs) are a little misguided when they're trying to help because they start telling you what to do. And the person knows what to do. And that's the hardest part. That's not the problem. It's not that they don't know what to do. It's literally (laughs) that they feel so psychologically damaged that it's. You start to doubt yourself. It's so scary. Instincts. It's so scary. Yeah. That's my word of the day. Scary. it's scary <laughs> so and 
I think any help is better than no help, but I can say, so even in the therapist feedback, it was like using a less directive approach, like less psychoanalytic, more like letting them have voice and have it be a collaborative mm-hmm. session is more helpful. And I think that's probably true on friend side too. Like allowing the mm-hmm. person, again, if they feel invalidated, the last thing you want to do is tell them what to do. Right. Let them reconnect with their own gut. Their own sense of self, even yeah. if that takes some time. So Dr. Frederick has some signs of hoovering. So number one, mm. sending lovey-dovey texts after a breakup. Mm. I'm thinking about you. I miss you. Oh um, two, coming up with random reasons to see you. So remembering they left something at your house or mm. that they needed to reach out for something. Just put their shit on the porch. You don't even need to be there. Threatening you with self-harm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like if they're not able to see you or talk to you that they will commit I mean, that seems like that might be associated with individuals with borderline personality mm-hmm, disorder. Mm-hmm. Love bombing you with over-the-top gestures. So gifts, unnecessary surprises. All of a sudden you'll get roses. And a marriage like, proposal. Or a marriage proposal. What? Right. Like, and it's like. Never what? wanted to marry me before. Why now? <laughs> yes. So giving long overdue apologies. So this may be something like Mm. apologizing now for something that's been occurring continuously. Where they refuse to have accountability. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I was wrong. Yeah. I'm really going to work on that. Mm -hmm. I want to grow as a person for us. Great. (laughs) For you. Go grow on your own. Don't do it for us. Do it for you. Making empty promises. So like you offering self-improvement uh, to be I a different person. Will be different. Offering to keep things casual. So, Ooh. so this is like, okay. And I like reading the definition of this felt more real to me than keeping things casual, which is pretending as though nothing has happened uh, and okay. attempting to re-engage in a casual manner, which I've experienced a million times over mm, in both of these relationships it. of pretending like everything is fine the next day. Or you, it's fine. you said something that not even I've ever had a worse enemy say to me that's equivalent to spitting in my face. And then the Just next morning, like everything's normal. Would you like some waffles? Yeah. Excuse me? I mean, talk about invalidation. You know, and, and that's where you go, because part of you that like fight, f- fight, flight or freeze oh my God, it would just be so nice to have some fucking waffles and not feel, right, right, right. feel so yeah. shitty all the time. <laughs> And then you give in and then you're right. a part of the cycle again. Yes. Trying to reach, uh, reach you through friends and family. So, you know, trying not to, to kind of frame you as the bad guy. Like, mm. you know, if she, you know, this happened and she blah, 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 or he blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, reaching out on holidays, special occasions as a reason to get a hold of you. Maybe finding them randomly on social media. Got it accidentally <laughs> contacting you to strike up a conversation oops didn't mean to guess i hey how's it going the accidental text mm-hmm. on purpose so according to dr frederick so what do you do if you feel like you're being hoovered awareness is key when it comes to preventing or stopping cycles of toxic relationships it's kind of like aa he said the first step of healing is to recognizing is recognizing and admitting that there's a problem 
He adds, I know, especially as we get older, we have a real aversion to starting over and being single. Mm. But if you look in the grand scheme of, the, of things, the, the thing you'll regret most is sticking it out in a relationship that doesn't serve you. It's okay to request or even demand for them to stop contacting you. And most importantly, seek help from professionals um, to learn more about coping and safely separating from a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Got it. Good advice, Dr. Frederick. Frederick. So that is, um, that is that. So gaslighting and hoovering are like related concepts. Related. I would say hoovering. Um, I know that in my first relationship experience, hoovering wasn't part of it. It was almost like I was like, and I think it was mostly because of substance use at that point. Like there was no attempt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was just the lying, lying, lying. But when requests of change was made, there were just eventually was a point of it's not going to happen. You should move on. Yeah, yeah. Which then creates a whole different, different desperateness of like you're trying to make it work. For something right, that right. they only have control of. And it's one-sided. Yes. Yeah. And then the second one definitely had hoovering where it's like constantly being sucked back in and pretending like there's nothing wrong without addressing the major issues and gaslighting. Pretend like it's these things over here. And why are you this? You're the barrier. If you just right. stop being the barrier, everything will be fine. Which is blame. Mm-hmm. So gaslighting is more in general and hoovering is more like just sucking you back in when you're trying to leave. Yeah. Got yeah. it. And I could see, I mean, I think hoovering could be a tactic used if in like maybe a really toxic one. That's where it's like very cyclical mm-hmm. um, where people maybe go through the honeymoon phase and then like a big blow up or DB situation happens and then right. hoovering happens. Because it's the hardest to yeah. leave when all of a sudden everything you've been asked asking for is happening. Or at least said to happen, because if they're saying it, who are, what does that mean about you if you're not a trustworthy person? Right, right. <laughs> then you must be a bad person. Exactly, because it's all black and white. <laughs> <laughs> so we've Good got- Good job, on. Macy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I hope I hope that somebody can listen and and, and if if you've ever had this experience, at least just know that you're not alone. Um, you're not crazy. You're not losing your mind. Um, your I'm feelings... sure a lot of people have had that experience. Right. Your feelings are completely valid. And I hope mm-hmm. you talk to more people about it because it's very shameful. I can't even tell you how many times I've been scolded by various family members who meant well. Um, and it doesn't help. So, right. you know, talk to people, though. Like, don't stop talking. My gut reaction is to go into rebellious teen mode and like, fine, I'm not telling you anything ever. <laughs> um, but it doesn't help. It doesn't. So just know they're trying to help and figure out how to make them helpful. (laughs) Teach them the ways. I love that. All right. Until next time. Oh, gosh. Don't attack monkeys. And. (laughs) (laughs) You got this. Can you do your Beavis and Butthead again? Cornelia. Yes. (laughs) And until next time. (laughs) <laughs> and until next time what does it say give me some TP for my bunghole something like that right Cornholio. I am Cornholio give me some TP for my bunghole that's it that's it that's it that's it